you brought me a movie. Did bring you a movie. So I asked a bunch of my friends, and I was like, hey guys, you know, we talked about watching a bunch of dumb, weird movies that Adam really should have watched, but I never did. Mm -hmm. And I think you were the first to be like, oh, Adam, I've got like five. I've got at least five. That, like, I could show you right now. Absolutely. So what we're doing is today's the first episode of Ronin Geek Raised by Spoilers, and you have brought me uh you... My name is Rich, and I have brought you the 1974 classic Flesh Gordon. I is it a classic? It is a classic because when you look at Flesh Gordon, uh, the synopsis of Flesh Gordon, uh, Flesh raises to the rescue when an evil alien emperor bombards Earth with a sex ray. Okay, I gotta hold on here. Are you saying Flesh Gordon? Hang on, I might have the wrong movie. I think we watched. <laughs> I think we watched Flash Gordon. My bad. <laughs> Okay, did you, was Flesh, okay, knowing you, you might actually have Flesh Gordon. Throw it up. No fucking way. Throw it up. Oh, please don't. Don't tell me so. Throw it up. Flesh Gordon the movie. Oh, oh. Okay, I like the art. Holy shit, there's tits. It's a porno comedy. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say Grindhouse film or anything like that, but it's that very early, or like 74, mid-70s, uh, very cheesy Everybody wanted a Star Wars. It's not good at all, but hell, what a fucking movie. Okay, you lost me. Which one are we talking about? Flesh Gordon or Flash Gordon? We are talking about 1980s Flash Gordon. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got to move on here because th this art is actually fucking it's awesome wonderful, for Flesh eh? Gordon. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's awesome. Adam, who else is with us? We've got one more. Hello, everyone. My name is Amanda, and it's nice to be here talking about Flesh or Flash Gordon. Apparently, it has four and a half stars and there's only one copy of flesh gordon left on amazon so act fast <laughs> at the moment <laughs> stocks are low and it is selling hot but they're not they're they're not loaded everyone's you know released their load on that one haven't they it's not in warehouses it's releasing to you today it is on the streets uh infecting your children on your chest on in your, your face chest, in your couch cushions hell it might even be in your pillowcase watch out Make Flesh sure Gordon. to clean out your VHS players. Flash Gordon's coming. <laughs> Flash Gordon's coming. It's too bad it's not like the old NES. For everyone. You have, to blow, you have to blow on Flesh Gordon first before you play it. You know? I mean, you had to blow on Flesh Gordon before you had to get, get to play it, regardless. <laughs> no? Having a rough time there? Dick jokes, ladies and dick gentlemen. Dick jokes. A lot of dick jokes. So, all right. Thank you for having me on the show. Yes. I, I want to... Actually, I really want to thank you because... Here's the deal is out of all the guys that I know, there's a lot of people who watch artsy fartsy movies. Rob is introduced, trying to introduce me to um, Young Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, Dr. Strangelove. Okay. Okay. That's Those are, those are weirder movies. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what he's trying to bring in. But you were just like, Adam, I would like to introduce you to camp. Camp Central. Camp. S'mores. Sleeping bags. Counselors that get a little too friendly with your legs. Camp. <laughs> man. Camp. And so you originally pitched me two movies. Why did you choose this one to show me first over Masters of the Universe? I feel like um, I have even more campier movies to show you than Masters of the Universe. I thought Masters of the Universe would be timely because of the um, the Kevin Smith show that yep. came out. And I think we all kind of came off that either on a high or a low. Your opinions don't really matter to me. So uh, <laughs> it doesn't quite matter whether you liked it or not. But... I thought it was entertaining. And I thought, Adam, with your love of classic uh, science fiction or even film with the history of movies and how they are made sometimes, because I'm one of those people that really likes the nitty gritty shit about like the model sets and the painted backgrounds and like the, just the cinescope stuff and just the odd ways of uh, films that aren't, especially nowadays, not because yeah. they're too expensive, but just that craft is lost. And I feel like they don't have to, they can always just do CG now and they yeah, get to but that skip doesn't out. always hold up. And then it, it, it looks worse than it does. The older that movie gets away with um, what I'll say with, with flash Gordon is it's kind of, it was a cult movie when it came out. Because the people that really loved it loved it, and it made no money, right? Did it make? It made no money. It made not as I. I want to say the budget was twenty five thousand or twenty five million, which would roughly, 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 yeah, twenty twenty five to twenty seven million. It's up in the air, and they only made like forty million back. So it kind of bombed, um, at least enough to not make sequels. But like, I picked it personally because. I love it. It's got a killer soundtrack. 
Okay, um, it's got. Okay, I want to be clear. We wa- We just watched it, yeah. right? Literally, we went right from the viewing room to here. Yeah. It had one song. It has one song. <laughs> Flash. Ah. Played on every fucking end. It is wild. The Flash Gordon on Bongo's cover just blows <laughs> the socks off any fucking that is watching that film. I don't know. I feel like Flash Gordon is like, you either get into the Evil Dead, which is like, everyone has seen it at least once. Yes. It is the it is the pinnacle of the Tower of Camp horror movies. Some would argue Toxic Avengers. Some would argue Reanimator. But I feel like Flash Gordon is just such a fucking wonderful film where if you're going to get into weird 70s uh, sci-fi, this is where you start. Now, do you think, so after watching this, now, we call it camp, but I watched it and it, yes, it's camp, but they took it, they, it feels like they took it seriously. They did. There's a lot of love that goes in it. Like, so we can start anywhere in the film itself. We could start with the costume design. We could start with the soundtrack. Well, we could start with. talk about the plot. Okay. Let's go plot. I think the simplest version of this is an everyday, awesome, gorgeously golden locked man is accidentally sent to space because he shouldered a scientist into a button. Yep. And because of that, he must, I guess, save the moon from falling onto Earth, Majora's Mask style, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't have a time machine. All he's got is a space scooter. Or a whistle. Or a whistle. He doesn't have a time machine or a whistle. He doesn't have that either. And all he's got is two hot babes, an alien babe and a non-alien babe who really want him. I mean, Sarkov is pretty. Like, the professor's not bad. He's got some eyebrows. He does. But not, like, the eyebrows as the vi- of the villain. No, God. Those, like, if we're going to... Can we have... I mean, this is a new format, and I don't want to railroad the show already. <laughs> but can we add rate those eyebrows? All right. Like, if we do, Fuck like, yeah. rate those abs for... Like the Avengers movies for who has the better abs. I feel like we should rate the eyebrows of the Flash Gordon universe because some of those eyebrows, my God. We make up the schedule, so I just put it in. I know, but those eyebrows. (laughs) I mean, my eyebrows are not. Holy shit. If you threw those, they would return like a boomerang. But would you want them to? Yes. I feel like it's like a gypsy curse. Like they, can we say gypsy curse? I already said it twice. Shit. So don't say it again and it won't come through there. I feel like those eyebrows, like if you were to throw them, you couldn't get away with them. Like they couldn't, they would, they would come back and then they would haunt your grandkids because they would also have those eyebrows and this transition down the we line. We do of, know it's heretical because both Emperor Ming and his daughter had it. Had amazing eyebrows. She had amazing There was a lot of amazing I things. I mean, there was eyebrows. a trait loss. It's his kind of like the hook at the ends. Hers were just straight Vulcan. Because she was very oh, yeah. serious about everything. She needed to line up with her eyes. Which is great eye shadow, I'm not going to lie. Oh, the makeup for this film is fantastic. The lizard men had the best probably mascara in the entire film. Oh my god. Okay, so he ends up going out and getting killed. He literally gets killed. Yeah, they they have the balls to kill off the hero in the first four, 30 minutes of the film. I think the last time I saw this was Attack on Titan. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, that was ballsy. Yep. And then they immediately resurrect him, which is fine. Sure. You know, they, oh my god, they killed Flash Gordon in a movie. That's crazy. Yeah, but you're missing a large point here is that they only resurrected him because the princess wanted to sleep with him. He couldn't get it up because he was dead. That's it. And it's it's stiff if you're dead. It was too late. Rigor Mortis had already set in. I mean, that's how it goes. <laughs> so, yeah, they bring him back. The princess brings him back. Why did she... I think she wanted to take over her dad, right? She, I think, I think... Are we, let's keep going through the plot because I've got some theories here. Because okay. there was never a Flash Gordon 2. Oh, that's a good point. So she brings him back, and we can't quite tell why. The assumption is she wants to bang him, because that's as far as we can tell. That's immediately what she tries to do. And then she brings him to one of the nations that are under Emperor Ming's thumb. Yeah, one of the, like, the moons. The, the, moons. The, green, um, the green people. The green we, people. We don't have, we probably should, but we don't have the different tribes. We've got like the Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Green Folk, and then we've got the Hawk people. And then there was a whole whack load of other people that were supposed to be in it that they ended up having to cut. Like there were supposed to be lion men, like really? the lizard. Yeah, they were supposed to go to the ice planet. They were gonna they were gonna come across the lion people, and there was a whole bunch of shit that they cut out of this movie. Okay, so he it goes, was supposed to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. So he goes to these you know tree hugger wood elves effectively, yep. but they're human yep, humanoid, yep. and they tell him to go bugger off when he wants help to try and overthrow Emperor Ming, and they shove him in a swamp. Well, a stranger shows up and says, hey, let's go to war. No, a stranger who wants to sleep with the princess, who is also the leader of the green man's girlfriend. So are we going to call him the perfect hair stranger? 
Listen, we could just call him Beautiful Dalton. We could call him Beautiful Dalton as well. Dalton <laughs> uh, is... I, would you put him as a leader? I think he's the young leader, but there's really the elder there, kind of the leader. Like if you just looked at the Dalton character and went, you're no longer the leader, they'd probably listen. Yeah, um, maybe, but as in film, I feel like they're fighting. I, I feel like they're fighting for that manhood and sense of belonging. Hence yeah. why they keep sticking their hand in the stump and diddling the scorpion, like <laughs> the madness stinger. Out of curiosity, those holes were large enough that the scorpion could definitely. I think it shows now. There's a lot of hands coming in once a week, right? <laughs> He's got a hand job every every. Are once you in saying a while? there's a, a lad on that in that tribe coming to age every? Did you see any women on that planet? You know what? Holy Listen, shit! You might actually have a point. Do what? What if it was a secret society of scorpion touchers? What the fuck does that mean? Listen, you go out in the desert, okay, and you touch a scorpion, and you don't tell anyone. And congratulations, you've created a secret society of people who touch scorpions. All right, obviously the simple solution is that all these men are born from seeds from the giant tree. The tree is the all-mother, and the scorpion madness stinger lost me. I don't know where to go with that. Yep. Yeah, you got nothing? Okay, I got nothing on that one. So... They take these. They take this tree. These tree people. Yeah. They tell tells Flash to go fuck himself. Yeah. They're like, we're not going to war for you. We got we got to touch bugs. Yeah. You've got a white shirt on in a swamp. This yeah. isn't going to work. It isn't. I mean, it's cotton. It looks like it breathes. We've got scorpions to touch. It gives you the madness. Sometimes you're not lucky. Sometimes you are. Yeah. Do you want to touch the bug? And Flash is clearly like, no, I don't want to touch the bug. And they're like, please. Please right. touch my bug. Touch the bug. Touch my bug. Stick your arm as deep as you can in this log and touch my bug. Put, shove your hands in all my holes and touch my bug. There's a lot of that. It's a weird scene. You don't want to know. You want to know something wild about that scene? Uh, when they're on the forest planet, the art director, which we're going to get into, uh, he literally created. I don't want to use the word literally too much here, but he created uh, at the set for the forest, and it was so dense that they had no idea where to set up the camera and actually get it shot. So there's oh. shots where they're like. We're fucking filming the back of like half a tree and then someone running. It's because there was nowhere. Like they they built a hypothetical jungle on a soundstage with the swamp and everything. And it's just massive. Like they were throwing huge money at this thing. I was impressed by how dense yeah. that forest was. Yeah. So when and they were there were big, huge, massive trees. Yeah. That, I mean, they looked like they were made of paper mache and sure. plastic. But it was a lot in that scene. Like, there was a lot of budget put into that there's, set. There's depth. Yes. When normally it's just painted on glass. Yes. Right? There's a lot of depth. And they built out. The other thing with that scene, and that whole section on, I want to think it's called, uh, the planet was Arboreal? Yes. The Arboreal yep. planet. Uh, it looks funny and a little off when you first watch it. Originally, uh, the set designer, everything was pink. What? They went in and they color corrected it green because it didn't look right on camera and it was too off putting for the color. Wait, wait, that wait, whole on. planet was pink. So, so digitally pink. adjusted they to be green. They went in and they color corrected it back in the day wow. to green. That's crazy. Yeah. That's some crazy. It graphics. was it was so far off. Like that that the pink trees was the thing that was like this is too far. Okay. This is too off the wall. We talked about their budget and their three D budget. Yeah. I think we just learned that that's where they spent it all. Okay, so what I've been waiting to tell you guys is that uh, Italian costume designer and set director yes. didn't speak any English and was really, really well known in the industry. If we could look up the uh, designer's name quick, just get it right. I want to say it's Daniel or uh, Daniello uh, Danatini. It's plot. Federico. Okay, so okay, we, okay. We so we'll call we'll call him we'll call him Daniel, right, or Danello. Uh, Danello didn't read the scripts at all. But did he at least look at the comics? Or? He looked at the comics and based everything off of the comics or whatever inspired him that day. So they were building stuff and the sets and everything. He didn't fucking... He was like, no, Flash Gordon wore this in the 40s, so this is what we're going to stick these guys in. Okay, here's the deal. You know, aside from the plot and all that fun jazz, I think the costumes and the sets were the best part of this movie. Yeah. By far. I feel like you got to realize, like, you got to think of it too, right? In an era where everyone was trying to do Star Wars, uh, this was a film that wasn't afraid to say, hey, we're going to get sci-fi. In. And I feel like a lot of science fiction nowadays could take a page from Flash Gordon. I feel like as much science fiction as we have, 
I feel like uh, Black Panther is one of the only ones, and maybe Valerian. You liked Valerian? I didn't like Valerian, but what I'm saying is a lot of con- a lot of science fiction, right? Yeah, tries to do what Star Wars that lived in dirty, oily sci-fi look. Yeah, and sometimes sci-fi should just be this weird, colorful mess. Okay, because we're... it gets so. I know we're going back no, off the plot. Let's deepen this, I, I, but like, let's it's the this. same thing. It's the same argument. And here's a little hot take for everybody. It's the same argument with anime movies, the Japanese like versions of like Attack on Titan yep. or Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, they're great, except for the fact that they look like people in cosplay because everything's too clean. Yes. Where science fiction can be beautiful colors and fabrics, bright, vibrant stuff. And also this dark, dirty, lived-in Millennium Falcon has been out in the uh, reservoirs of space for years. And everything's kind of oily. Okay. Like, you can have that counterbalance. I've some got stuff is things. just too fucking... And some stuff isn't, like, whimsical enough. And that's where I feel like a different color palette. Because you look at even fantasy, it goes... Yeah, but I think that comes from the era... Yeah. Right now, when we, as a people, think of the future, we don't think of happy, colorful future. We think of gray, Facebookian dystopia. Yeah. But when people from the 70s or even people from the 30s, when they were writing the original Flash Gordon, they were thinking a lot brighter yep. future. Yeah. Yep. And I think that comes from that, which to me is a sad thing that we don't see the future as something heroic and colorful no, it's and beautiful. Yeah. Which I also do find is funny because if you look in the Flash Gordon when we were watching it, there's the Emperor Ming's thrones in his rooms, yep. which are all very red, gold, colorful, yep. vibrant. And then you look at his secret police people and they were all the Star Wars kind of grays and white harsh lights. Got a touch of Nazi Germany in there, a little bit of 80s Russia. Yeah. Like, yeah. And at first I was really bothered by that split Mm -hmm. but then i noticed that's the difference ming is a figurehead whereas his little golden faced boy skull faced boy is the secret police the the people who do the dirty work in the background and i thought at first i was upset by that and then it dawned on me that that's how they split the styles Mm -hmm. and i went oh i get what's going on here this is his style versus his styles but they're both every planet had a tone yeah every uh planet almost had its own color palette um ming never really had like the bright white arboreal like the bird people like yeah. what silvers and whites ming had the reds and blacks and gold and yes. it was very distinctive say um this is where we're at and also like i mean it had a pg-13 or pg rating because they didn't do pg-13 till way later no uh but it, it's also one of those films where you could bring your kid to yeah and i'm I, guessing like the that's the reason they had the colored blood Right. Because two people, actually I think three people gave blood. Flash Gordon himself when he was getting whipped by Sexy Dalton on the awesome piercing table. Mm -hmm. So after he goes from Arborea, he eventually makes it to the bird people Mm -hmm. home and he convinces them by trial of combat by fighting on a -a tilt-a-whirl that has spikes in it. Which I think is probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. So when they were doing that scene, they had to uh, reap the floor because the silver paint was coming up off their pants and their body. Oh really? And it's funny you say with the blood because uh, producers had stepped in uh, later on in the filming and said, hey, listen, you got to dial it back because we can't have a, a sci-fi movie with a hard R because yeah. there was too much blood in Flash Gordon. Really? Because the script had changed significantly from where it was originally starting out. Is that why some of the... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I because there was a lot of blood in Flash Original. Hold on. Did, wasn't the princess blue blood... And then Ming was green blood. Ming was green. Uh, the gentleman from... No, uh, the princess had red. Because when she was bleeding on her back, it was red. Yeah, but they showed her before and she was blue or something. No, no, no. It was the gentleman that stepped up in all of the gold regalia armor and said, blue. we right. didn't bring anything this year. We only offer you our... Um, loyalty. Loyalty. Oh. And the guy, and Ming okay. went, okay, cool. Prove it. We, we and got, then it sucked the air out of the room as we all went, oh, this is the tone of them. This is who Ming is. This villain was awesome. That that scene sold me on this villain as not someone who's just a, I'm going to rip you apart. But he's like, no, no, you are my slave. Do as I tell you. And I'm going to show you how, and it did a good job of showing how all these different cultures fundamentally feared him so much 
that they were willing to kill themselves as leaders to keep themselves alive. Or we destroy your planet and enslave your people. Yeah. Right. You have a choice. You can either kill yourself or all your people are fucking dead. Yeah. And that actually set a good tone for him as a villain. Yeah, because he never really lashes out as much as he just gets frustrated. Yeah. And um, the actor itself is having so much fun in the role because he's always thinking. Yeah. That's the thing I feel like when you take away with Ming is always trying to think steps ahead. Yeah. And I, I get the feeling like Ming, um, this is the first time with Flash and it kind of shows off that this is the first time he's ever been thwarted. He's clearly gone through challenges and political drama and all that fun jazz. But this is the first time he shows frustration I and admiration. Because yes. if we get to our next part in this, the, the movie, we get the bird people battle versus the green prince. Yes. And then the emperor comes in. Clytus, his uh, Dr. Doom right-hand man, yep. gets killed. Flash goes, hey, let's liberate. I love the, t- I love the cheese, but the, team of, the, the term of, hey, everyone, let's team up. And we can kick ass. And it's just like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Like, no, we're, we're going to, you don't understand. He'll just vaporize us. We, we've been here. Uh, four of my, my grandparents have gone we, through this. We, this is generations of enslavement. We This is who we are now. Um, well, I think that's where Ming wasn't expecting Prince Baron or Prince to actually come together because he was counting on those millennia or whoever conflict that they would never, ever. And I think that's why he let his daughter be with prince baron because he had pole there and he would never uh go against ming because he was letting him be with his daughter yes and at the same time he was promising his daughter uh clytus so he was kind of using his daughter as a political pawn not expecting any of the three to really go against you see it in the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. when the bird people show up to offer the sacrifices and the gifts to ming and the green guy, Prince Bolton, shows up and says, no, fuck those bird people. They stole it. So you already know at some point the conversation of Ming going, oh, that crystal rock would be a great gift. Yes. And then all of a sudden now that is the prize that yes. everyone has to fight over, which keeps the kingdoms fighting and, and it's less off Ming's shoulders. And he can kind of sit back because you get that in the beginning. Right. This yes. we're getting way too deep on this movie. No, we're no, like it's cheesy and Flash Gordony, and like we're reading into too much. But if you look at like the politics of this, Ming is sitting back and going, "I'm bored. I like to play with my toys. I will smash and destroy everything. I am a conqueror. I am a de- devour- devourer. I'm a divider. Here we go." And then you go into the throne room scene, and you see how he's manipulating the court, how he's manipulating yes. these, these princes and these barons and like these guys being like, all right, cool. You guys are ready to go to war against each other. And that's keeping you from going to war against. Me. But I think that's what takes this from, you know, you, you kept selling this to me as like a campy B movie. I don't see it like that because I saw them planting the seeds of this intergalactic Ming. At first, when I, when I conceived of what Flash Gordon was, I assumed he was just a megalomaniac classic I am a super dragon. I have the ring of power, power, right? No, he's actually a political maneuverist who didn't necessarily gain power through just having the biggest gun, but by being the smartest person yep. and pinning them and doing the political intrigue against him. Yeah. And that's why he's got a secret police. Yeah. I adore that. That turns it. And then it's funny because you then look at Flash, who is the exact opposite of that. He is just an idiot lovable lug that just goes hey guys we're gonna do this for friendship and love and that to me makes ming actually a better character to me i liked ming more than i liked flash okay can we talk about flash for a quick second yes let's do that let's talk let's get let's get right into the flash zone ladies and gentlemen so who is this guy uh who is flash all right cool so we can talk about flash flash gordon the character itself from the comic books or the sunday papers where they were normally uh started uh back at king features which was printed on like sundays but we can actually get into sam jones who's the actor who played flash um originally the role for flash gordon was gonna go to kurt russell really and kurt russell read it and said this guy the cardboard box character and there's no meat potatoes there's no acting yeah right and this is before kurt russell uh went on to do the thing or escape from new york for john carpenter oh right uh the next person who was actually after the flash gordon role and couldn't get it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
Oh my God. For real, because he was hungry and he wanted a serious role. But the producer of this film. What was Arnold's first movie doing? Um, was it he Conan? was in like a no no he was in a bunch of workout films and stuff but i want to say it was conan and the, okay. the producer of flash gordon picked arnold and said listen you're not going to do this we're going to put you in conan the barbarian who else she also produced conan the conqueror she also produced dune and like that team that worked on flash gordon went on to slowly start build out the rest of the 80s films so the people who made flash gordon i don't want to say the director but the producers the producer. and stuff like that yep. right like yeah, she they was very smart. Find a lot of the '80s and '90s sci-fi. It sounds to like. an extent, right? Like, I mean, you're gonna have your um, John Carpenter's. You're gonna have your James Cameron's. You're gonna have these huge actors and directors that would encapsulate the '80s. But uh, the thing I want to just jump back to Sam Jones was Sam Jones was originally on the Dating Game. Why? And the producer's mother-in-law was watching it and said, "That's your Flash Gordon. He's cute." No way. Sam Jones was a marine wanted to be a pro football player uh couldn't make it and then did the dating game he did a little bit of modeling and i want to say he was on either a, like a made for tv movie for like cbs or so nbc near classic perfect american just classic brown hair guy uh they found him they called him up to said hey do you want to be in this they they did a couple screen tests and then they dyed his hair blonde and flew him to england to do the filming um the fun thing and I like Sam Jones in this film. I like Sam Jones in uh, Ted, where you could see him yes, as on. he shows up as like a hyper real cartoon version of Flash Gordon who yes. does just mounds of cocaine. Um, but unfortunately, I'm going to kind of shit on Sam Jones for a second. Um, Sam Jones was new to the acting game and new to the industry because he didn't have enough under his belt. Um, well, he only had one, according to this. Yeah, he only one had movie, one movie under it was his belt. A year prior, so he wasn't getting paid day to day, and was getting fucked around by either the director or the producer. And then they had a holiday break, and Sam Jones didn't return to the filming of the set. So half of Flash Gordon is a guy in a wig. What? Yeah, dude. When you guys are sitting there going, "That's a wig. There's no fucking way." That's not Sam Jones. That's not Flash Gordon. And I didn't want to say anything because it would take away too much from the movie. Holy shit. But that's a guy because Sam Jones was like, fuck it. They're not paying me. We're living in England. We're filming this movie because he didn't know the contract, the stipulations, how the union would work for for these films. Uh, Because usually I want to say you do a movie, you do the film, you get paid. It's not like you're getting an allowance. I figured they'd get paid throughout the filming of the movie a bit. And then at the end, they'd get whatever their contract for royalties. Depending on what the contract is at the time. Yeah. It's the same thing for how uh, the Marvel movies kind of take away this nowadays because contracts change. But like if the movie does really well, you get a bonus. You get this. You get that. Those stipulations change. So this guy just wasn't getting paid at all. The guy fucking walked. Wow. He walked because he was a bit of a prima donna. And he was new to the game. He was new to the industry. And he walked. And then... Uh, he probably thought he was bigger than he was because he was working in this big-ass movie. He was working on this huge movie that was going to be the next Star Wars. And then they went, all right, cool, fuck this. And then he did stuff, but he never made it big because no one really wanted to work with him. Or if they did, he was working for Peanuts. Yeah, they, they basically they, crushed he, him. Yeah, he, yeah, Under the Gun, Silent Assassin. Like, have you heard of any of these other movies? No. Right, Night like, rhythms, n- yeah, and da that's Vinci's the thing. War? I think I've heard of that. Direct to video, direct to video, like not wow. to not to shame direct to video. I've got a few direct to video movies at home. I love direct to video movies. They're great sometimes, it's and sometimes iron. they're crap. I'm trying right? to see if there's any one that Earth minus zero. No, yeah, down and dirty, I mean. dead sexy. No, Redemption, Ted, Ted and Ted too. That's it. That's all I got. That's it. <laughs> he didn't like. He kind of he kind of burnt out his career before he really started. Ah, oh, I mean. As much as you want to, but he like, could have oh, he could have been this him, big he could have been this big fucking star. Now has he learned? Do, do we think he's learned his lesson, or yeah. do we not know? So they he apparently has made up with the producers. Um, I want to say the director died or a while ago back, but he made up with the producers and things are better now. But um, people have argued that right around the Ted the Ted era was when he was trying to like get back in the limelight and be like, hey, like I'm still here. I'm Sam Jones. I was in Flash Gordon. This is a big deal. Uh, but. At this point, it's way too late. I yeah. mean, that's 20 years down the drain of just doing direct movies, direct to video movies yeah, in the VHS era. So many, because he's older now, so he's yeah. probably lost so many movie, op- movie opportunities. He's lost so many acting training opportunities. He probably sucks. Yeah. Well, if Flash Gordon did well, he would have been the next Schwarzenegger. He would oh, have been sure. the next. Uh, he would have been the next Han Solo. The next Han Solo. He would have been even like, I could have, I could have seen 
I could, honestly, I could see like this guy, Sam Jones from like, you look at him and you're like, all right, cool. Put him in kindergarten cop, put him in, yes. like put him in these roles where, okay, can you do comedy? Can you do action? Can yes. you, right? Like there, there was stuff that he could have done and it just kind of fizzled out. Ah, poor him. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's the industry, right? So the other guy that I, I, I feel like we got to talk about because I don't know whether it's his voice that I liked, his boisterous attitude, or the size of his goddamn mouth. Voltaire, I think his name Volton? was. Volton. Volton the Birdman. Volton. Prin- or, uh, Volton, yeah. Volton. Prince Volton. Brian Blessed. Brian. This guy did an amazing job. I don't know why I liked him so much. Let's go to full list. Oh, let's let's take a look at his full list. Get in there. Uh, Till Death, Do a Trojan. I've never heard of any so far. Those are older ones. Are these films or are these plays? These are films. Oh, films. Okay. These are films. So, he just strikes me as a gentleman that would have been in, in a play. He probably was. Boss Nass. That's who he fucking is. Who's Boss Nass? Click on that. You're going to blow your mind. Ready? Oh, That's who he shit. is. Episode one. So the he guy plays the who, leader of the Gungans. He plays the leader of the Gungans, which is fitting because he's the Birdman. And now he's the Fishman. And he kicks <laughs> Jar Jar and his sweet orange or peach ass out of fucking Gungan City for the right reasons. Oh, that's amazing. So this this is guy, it though? Is it amazing? I, I mean, it's great that he's getting work, and it's great that he's in Star Wars. I mean, he's in tons of stuff. He played he, Odin at one point. That's pretty cool. He didn't. None of these I've heard of, to be honest. Um, like Dorothy, Legend of Dorothy's Return. Well, like, that looks like fuck? it's for children. So yeah, like no one's. Okay, he did Star Wars. Oh right, Tarzan. Tarzan. That's Clayton his the only Hunter. one that I'm aware of. Really. Okay. Is he played the voice of Clayton the Hunter in Tarzan? Mm. Everything else I don't really know him from. You know what? There's a long list of European movies or British films that we either don't have access to or we just never hear of. It's possible, but he just had this, I don't know, aura about his character of just... Obviously, he was kind of a Spartan-like character, yep. loved war. Yep. His group was about war and combat. Yep. And they, you know, they fought in that way. But he was very boisterous and larger than life. I felt like he was a cooler character than even... Do you know Do you know why? Because there's a sweet spot in your brain that is getting this gentleman mixed up with the guy who played Gimli. The guy who... You know, you might be right. You are thinking that these... John Rydays. You are thinking that this gentleman who played the Hawkman is the exact same person. Can I get one more? John Rhys Davies. John Rhys Davies. In my mind, I thought the exact same thing. And I'm going to close Wikipedia tonight and I'm going to continue to think that they are the same thing. You're right. Because there's just such a boisterous, loud accent with a big mouth and a, like, let's go get them. And it's kind of a jolly, happier thing. But even in the face of danger. Yeah. Even in war, right? The, you look at Dr. Jones, like, you look at Gimli, you look at anything he's in. But you look in. at him where, you know, Flash is like, come on, let's team up. And everyone's like, yeah, no, we're all going to die if he does that. He's got this big grin on his mouth like, yeah. Haha, we're all going to die if there's we do that. There's a fight? Let's go. <laughs> He, he was an interesting guy. So the, the, he teams up with these guys, gets them all to riled together to go to war. But here's the part that kills me. Okay. So, you know, we've got all these things that I think are fucking amazing. They played great uh, on the political intrigue, yep. so on and so forth. But then they're like, hey, this is all about banding together and fighting, you know, about all the people. Uniting against an evil. Yes. Right. But then they go to war and not once does the green people actually show up. And that's what this is all about was the green people and the bird people teaming Teaming together under Flash's banner. Okay, the green people didn't have wings. Okay. And there's this long drawn out moment. I think we all fell asleep. But they, I think they were like, hey, our technology isn't quite as advanced as them. And have you seen the scorpion that we've all touched? (laughs) Because there's the scorpion we're touching and it's keeping us from rising up to take on Ming. And I feel like that's what the green people's priorities were. They were tapping in too hard into that scorpion dust. Jesus. The scorpion goo, I should say. Because that green goo came out and the boy was like, it's madness. Kill me now. And they're like, we're going to just see what happens. Let's just trip for a couple minutes. <laughs> just hang out and trip. Let us know what you see. <laughs> Let's, I want to I hear the voice of God. I want to hear the voice of God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the, the role of the, the green guys were to when... Uh, Ming showed up at Prince Bolton's planet and they, they captured them and they did the fight. Uh, okay. So with, uh, Prince Baron fighting, uh, Flash in Bolton's lair and then Ming showing up, Baron gave Bolton's people a place to hide out and right. to kind of regroup because they thought that all, um, hope was lost because essentially Flash Gordon stayed back to distract Ming while they got away. Yeah, they're bouncing around a lot. So they're bouncing he, around from planet to planet Flash or Gordon, moon to like, moon. 
once again sacrifice themselves in order for them to get away after uniting them, thinking that they would then take it on from there. Yes. And then they regain hope when he went on his little CV radio. <laughs> being like, hey, I'm alive, bitches. Breaker, breaker. And then they're like, holy shit. So I think that was the 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 green man or the green people uh, way of helping. One thing I've got to ask, is this a, like, I don't know if you guys know from the comics because I've never read anything. I know nothing about it besides from what I just watched. I've never read any. I've seen stuff on like mm. YouTube or uh, Google. I mean, a lot of it, I don't think it's public domain yet because uh, of the licensing and stuff. It actually ended. Oh, shit. The run. Wow. Like all of Flash Gordon finally wrapped up. So does this take place in space? Where is it supposed to take place um, in? Well, the in the beginning, he, they went up in the rocket. They all passed out and then they got sucked through. Like a wormhole. I forget what Ming called it. It was like the uh, the vortex. Yeah. It was like the royal dimensional. Yeah, so Imperial vortex. Imperial vortex. Ming yeah, yeah. was like once every thousand years, I kind of go to these lower end planets and mess with a little bit with natural disasters. And because you responded, that's why I'm converting you. Yes, they did Because you specify. pose a threat. You know, I actually do kind of think of that. That's kind of cool. That's, you know, you just go there, you probe a planet, poke at it. Every, and see. Thousand, every millennia, like, where are you at? Yes. Last time I checked in, you were like Middle Ages, Dark Ages. You weren't quite there. But oh. now you were able to do a rocket. So you're a threat. Holy shit. Did he cause the dinosaurs to go extinct? I mean... Possibly. Maybe. Why not? It, was it the hot hail that caused the dinosaurs to go extinct? I mean, extinct? it was the hot and heavy hail. <laughs> somebody's somebody's finger was on that button. I, I just love how they call it. I, I think uh, Plebe and Amanda started laughing drastically at that one. Well, we had that, and then Amanda just literally leaned over to you and went, Hey, it's called the planet Earth. <laughs> and then Amanda leans over and goes, So why is there an earthquake button? Yeah. Why isn't there like a planet shake? Or like... <laughs> Seismic, seismic That's quakes, right. seismic yeah. quakes. Why you would they over have like, an earth earthquake shake. light up? Okay, uh, ticker. I have an answer. I have an answer. So he's clearly been to the Earth before, right? Yes. We determined that he killed the dinosaurs. Yes. So I can totally see. Imagine in a, in a thousand years from now, or the plague, or the plague. Yeah, he probably caused that too. You you, you show up a thousand years from now. You show up, and then you're like, oh, what the fuck's this dirt rock called again? And Earth, sir. You're like, right, no, right, No, I think right. he said, uh, uh, uh. And so you- With a U. Maybe they have like a Pluto quake button and a Jupiter quake button. And this one's an earthquake button because it's specifically targeting but that planet. wouldn't it be then in Greek? Would be like Holy Terra? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it be like the Terra quake? Could be, could be. I don't know. You guys are realize this movie was made in 1980 on- Loose scripts. Can we all just get back? 2000 to... storyboard panels that ended up getting thrown out because the costume and set designer didn't speak a word of English Can and just kept building. Can we all just get back to how this jerk cocaine. Flash Gordon wanted to ruin this guy's wedding? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's the I plot. see nothing wrong with it, to that, be fair. That's the end of this whole thing, is to be fair. In the middle of a war, I, I okay, so Flash Gordon unites all these people, survives, revives miraculously like Jesus for the second time. Uh, or at least survives this time around. Last time. We witnessed a public execution like twice. <laughs> twice. Twice for this fucking movie. So it's he upsetting. shows up with the bird people and goes to war straight up against Emperor May. Yep. And he's kicking butt, actually. He's luring. There's some deception in the war going on. But they've got some pretty cool <gasps> during the war. And it's pretty cool. And But all of this is happening while Ming is trying to marry Flash's half a day's girlfriend technically they were there for 11 days how do we know that because, because he they left. said there's 11 days until the moon we have to go up in space and then all of a sudden he's got three minutes it was 14 hours because it's like hey flash right. by the way you're doing great but also we only have 14 hours right right okay good eye i didn't notice that yeah. good eye so he has to crash the wedding between his bay and ming mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the same time as fighting a war. Yeah. And I, I got the feeling like Ming didn't know the war was going on. Like it was being hidden from him. I think it was because his lady general, uh, Kala? Yeah, Kala. General Kala. Kala was like, she knew that the impending warriors were coming. And yes. she's like, oh, don't worry, Ming. 
we're setting off all these fireworks or bombs to honor you and your special day. Yes. When really she was in the background trying to shoot down uh, Flash Gordon because they got word that he was alive. So I've got two final questions for you on this one because this is to me, this is important stuff. First question. We don't think that Ming knew. No, no, no. They were hiding it. I think he did. Do we think it was because Kala thought that if he found out, if Ming found out that they fucked up killing Gordon a second time, yeah. yep. that he would have murderized yeah. him? Oh, 100%. And I feel like Ming is uh, a narcissist sociopath enough to think that his impenetrable city and his fortress, no one was getting through. He That's also true. didn't right? know. There was enough confidence in that power and fear to have loopholes. When he left, uh, he didn't know that uh, Clytus uh, died because yes. he left. Yeah, he hasn't heard Flash from Clytus Flash Gordon at all. was supposed to die, but he threw him on the spike pit, killed him, escaped, and then Kala got word that they were incoming, and she's like, fuck. Yes. Crashing a rocket. So here's the second question. All right. Do you think that if Ming was in charge of that battle, if Ming wasn't busy with a wedding, mm-hmm. if Ming took charge, would he have beaten Flash Gordon? Oh, 100%. So... The one plot point we skipped over is when Ming shows up himself to confront Flash Gordon. Yes. For the third or sec- second or third time. And he shows up and he says, listen, you are, we'll argue, Earth's mightiest champion. Mm-hmm. Yes. You have survived this long in this treacherous landscape. You have bested some of my greatest soldiers. You have fought valiantly. And I do not want to waste resources and time. And I want to te- I want to team up with you, Flash Gordon. And then he yes. offers Flash a kingdom, Earth, Earth, Earth Realm. Earth. He he offers Flash Earth Realm, and Flash literally for a second there contemplates it, well, and you see it, yes. and he's like, "So what exactly does that mean? Like, what is the deal?" And you got to think, Flash Gordon's had more than one concussion in his life. He's a football <laughs> player. He just got thrown around by the Green Prince and the Winged Prince. Um, there's a lot of high fivings going, and Ming literally goes in and says, "Listen, we're gonna blow this castle to shit unless you say yes." And Flash goes, "Fuck no, I'm not gonna do it." He, well, he says no because he said he was thinking about saying yes at first, but then he's like, "Okay, what does that mean?" And Ming's like, "Well, first we're gonna fucking terrorize the human beings so that they're easier to subjugate, so they're not the human beings you know." And he's like, "Oh, well." That's not what I want. <laughs> no. And also, Flash is like, well, what about Dale's lady? Yes. And he's like, oh, well, I'm going to marry her, and we're going to breed her, and then our sub, our like offspring are then going to go to Earth and help you, or in a way, like, populate Earth. Yeah, he's going to do the whole um, so he's like, Genghis Khan thing. Yeah, and he's like, no, thank you, because that's, like, my lady, and I'll, I'd rather die than that happen. But then he also didn't really fight to try to save her because he didn't know he was going to get away true so what i will say is the original version of the script of flash gordon ming didn't destroy planets ming went in and wiped out all of the males and then went in and breeded and continued like the kangas kong thing okay that's a whole new meaning for that's where they're like yo this is way too dark we can't have that and that's where they kept that whole little confrontation scene it's way too dark to wipe all of your males and, and have, then breed with everyone. And have... Uh, sorry, Amanda... Plubby and Amanda's actually in the background here. She doesn't have a mic, so she's staying quiet. She wanted to ask the question to you guys. Where's his original breeding wife? Because the princess clearly has a mother. You hear it in the... You hear it in the... Um, well, actually... Actually... Um, you hear it in the... You hear it in the speech when uh, the wedding is going on. Where the, uh, the all-father or the priest or the galactic... Uh, space cop, the galactic the, daddy, the galactic, uh, the galactic <laughs> daddy, the uh, the space rabbi, if you will. Yes, the space, the the galactic space rabbi is like, listen, Ming, you're the emperor. Uh, will you promise, uh, after you're done having your way with her in the next, I think it was like ten minutes or hour. Yeah, they, it was like an hour kind of thing. Like when you're bored of her in an hour, will you not blast her into space? I think it was like minutes that he said. It was minutes. It or was. Hours. I'm pretty yeah. sure he said something about minutes. Listen, you seen those eyebrows? That man lasts hours. He doesn't last minutes. Okay. <laughs> I let's mean, be real. Let's I do love real. that it's comment. Ming. He's like. Do you promise not to blast her into right. space? And then the emperor just looks at him. And with space a... rabbi shuts I mean, the fuck up. I mean, live a long life like, mm. happy together. Yeah. 
Oh my god! Right? Because okay. right. his whole thing is like, I need to breed. I need a. I need a Ming on every fucking planet. And that's why he wanted to promise Flash Gordon, like, yeah. if you rule under Ming's rule, but also my children will be there too. That'll possibly usurp him. Yes. Eventually, because it's all treachery. Yeah. Yeah. Before the final rating, how much did we... I fucking died laughing with the banner that went across <laughs> with the plane in the background yeah. of the wedding, where it's like, what, all subject, all subjects must be... Or must be marry, or make marry. Must make marry by punishment of death. <laughs> but after, like, a 30-second, like, pause. I where fucking it, it cut it. to something else, and then... Or death. And then I was like, that reminds me of Futurama. Yes. It was totally a Futurama. I, it was one of those things where it was a serious moment where there was this, are they, they're about to get married. Oh my God, will the hero make it in time? And then there's this hilarious joke banner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. didn't know what to think about it. It kind of threw me off. It takes you out of the movie, but it's still very comic book Well, it's every yes, time right. that something would happen in Flash, like something really serious would be going on. And then he would like deadpan be like, this is a, a, a sane asylum. This is a lunatic asylum. And it's like, wait, what? And then it would cut. And it's like, oh. So a lot of that was improv. Just like the football fight scene. <laughs> of course. The that football, was improv? The football fight scene was improv because Sam Jones couldn't learn the choreog- choreography for the combat that they wanted to do. And was like, hey, the egg looks like a football. I'm a football player. Really? Like my character is a football player. What if we just crash into each other and throw each other around combat style? Uh, and that's right. where they that's where they went into it. So there's a lot of those moments where the lines are improv or the lines are just kind of thrown at Sam Jones. And you got to remember, like, he's not an actor. He that's, was pretty. Like, that's, that's the thing. It explains a lot because the choreography was trash. Which is wild because some of these people worked on Bruce Wheat- Lee films. Would, would you... But that tells like, you because it's like, threw I, it all I, in the yeah, garbage. Like, there's, there, like, if you go into the director, you go into a bunch of stuff. Like, there's people who worked on Bruce Lee movies. So the choreo- the fight choreography just being crap kind of goes into, how do I fight in this costume? It weighs too much. If I move funny, it's going to shred off well, my body because it's made of grass. How do I, like, <laughs> there's weird, there's weird, there's so many weird little rabbit holes with Flash Gordon. That could have been why uh, Dale, when she was sneaking around after she thwarted Ming, that she took her heels off. Because yeah. to do that scene, she probably couldn't run. Oh, for sure. Properly. She also, and she also did the, one of the actresses probably did a flip thing. So they probably went, oh, take off your heels. In a, no, they're not clever enough to say take off your heels yeah. in the scene earlier. So this actress. Yeah. Do the, so I got to give it, I know your final rating, Rich, you jerk off to this movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of the women in this and the costume definitely inspired something in probably a lot of young boys. Slave Leia? Yeah, Slave Leia, yeah. These were the... Not the original. Actually, this would have been before Slave Leia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would have been definitely before Slave Leia. Because this came out the same year as Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Or before Return of the Jedi. Before Return. Uh, Way right around before the same, Return Right around the, the same year of Empire. So yeah, this would have inspired some of the stuff from Slave Leia. So the Slave first Leia. question I've got is how rate... What rating do we give the costume design? Because mine's a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. The costumes are so different and like you said like in the beginning when there was all the factions of the different planets and people everyone had a distinct style yes like very distinct whether it be um uh more gladiator or the people that were wearing the through like raincoat jackets reminiscent of what would like blade runner style yeah like, it was all very they had the tassily kind of mm-hmm. um black dudes for, like xerxes type dudes who i think had one of the costumes yeah in the movie, very like militarized very and then you had ever like em- or, uh, ming's army was very samurai based like they, they looked like metal plated samurai outfits but they've also got like that skull that kind of reminds me of like a yeah. necromancer they kind of remind me like the terracotta soldier what was your favorite costume what do you got for us? Amanda? The honorable mention is the lizard people. I really did like <laughs> the, the lizard eyes people. and the, the mouth. Sk- I wish they. Sk- <laughs> um, honestly, favorite costume. It's uh, it's hard to say because there's so much, and I feel like with Flash Gordon, even with the backgrounds, it it's not necessarily like an acid trip, but it is very much like you're just hit with so much color. Yes. So it's hard to pick out. I really loved Ming's costumes. Yes. I loved how he would just fucking prance around like a Shakespeare villain and just kind of show up in those those moments where he's like, I've been standing here the whole time. I've just been in the dark eating grapes like, yeah. a, per- like a fucking pervert. And it's just like, <laughs> yes. Like nine years yes. whipping his daughter. Hit my daughter like, more. Yes. And it's like, oh, God. Um, 
honestly, my takeaway of favorite costume, and I want to say character design, I'm a huge, huge sucker for Doctor Doom. And I want to say Clytus is one of the coolest villains. That is cool. He is fucking really cool with that big gold arm that he never moves. Um, <laughs> it's brutal. So with Clytus, just to wrap up my favorite pick, because we're going to have to go on long tangents here. Uh, his costume was so heavy that he had to learn ventriloquism techniques because really? he couldn't fucking talk out of it. And he had to lay down every time he would go on break because it was so heavy. No. Like, that's not plastic. He's in metal. Oh the Birdmen had to lay on their stomachs because the wings were so heavy and they would just take naps in between shooting. No. Because they couldn't fucking take them off because of the costume. It's beautiful design. But it's completely impractical. Apparently, the dress at the end where Dale's in with the black and shoulder guards and stuff with the headdress was like 60 fucking pounds. Holy shit. She's like, they were, we were passing out because it was just taking so long to film and these things were just so heavy. It was my favorite dress too, but it was all, Mm -hmm. I think I really like the, I guess we'll call them the Imperial Guards, the ones with like, they had like the shoulder cuff golden helmets and like skull mat, like half skull mask on the, I think they were my favorite outfit. Yeah. Amanda, what do you got? What was your favorite costume? Oh, um, it was all really beautiful. Uh, for a dark movie, you're right. It is like it's a lot of color, and very like we're gonna annihilate you. But also, here's a bouquet of flowers and acid. <laughs> I would say, like, like you said, like the harem girls, like in the background, you just like take a look, and all like the ladies in like sheer, um, like veils and like pre-dating the Princess Leia, like slave bikini outfit, yes. you know, but. It was like that, but more elegant. It's and there's so... different ones. There's more than just one. I yeah, noticed. Each every girl had a different style. Yeah, and just like the interest, entry of it, and the work of it was just. It was more than just oh, she's in like a skimpy metal outfit. It's like no, there's like actual like thought to it. Yes, color design. It accented. Uh, they weren't too tight. Uh, like it was never meant to like make the girls look like oh, I have like big boobs and blah blah blah. It was all very flattering. Yeah, it was meant to show off like stomachs and shoulders. Exactly. For the most part, Not so like. much like, oh, look at, you know, and then like later in the 80s, then it became all like boobs out everywhere. Boobs and ass. Yeah. Well, so the- it was more like elegant. And you can really tell like whoever designed that was very like a uh, attention to detail and like the the beauty of it rather than the sex. Of- Almost Arabian Nights. In yeah. A way. Yeah. Little shifting, little like there's mm-hmm. some Chinese designs, there's some Japanese stuff, yeah. and then it's very because it was classy, very heavily still revealing and sexy in a way without being yeah. too. I completely agree. So I know Rich, you absolutely love this movie. Um, I haven't designed a rating system because this is the first episode. I think Flash Gordon's good. I don't think it's like my all time favorite. I think Flash Gordon's really good. I think if you look at the time period, like the interesting thing about Flash Gordon is Flash Gordon goes up against Empire Strikes Back, right? Yes. The next jump for movies to go up against like Star Wars or be a juggernaut to go up against Star Wars to say, hey, we're going to be the next big thing is Crawl. Because Crawl came out the same year as Turn of the Jedi and had double the budget. Oh, wow. What year did Empire Strikes Back come out? Like what what year and what month? Because this was December 5th, 1980. Well, let us find May. Okay, so this came out like six months prior to flash gordon yeah it did yeah so yeah so even though this was started before uh star wars it could hurt them because this came out george lucas probably made it a point to release for flash oh, gordon. i highly suspect well, everybody was trying to get, jump on the, mm-hmm. the star wars train right like i said the Battlestar galactica um disney did black hole uh, there was, there's tons of films between 77. There's mm-hmm. th- three years there of every studio going, oh, fuck Westerns. Space is the new place. Let's make movies there. But look, it made 550, where Flash wow. Gordon made 40. That's, is, mm, is that original box office release? Because they've worldwide. put they've put Star Wars in theaters multiple times. It represents a cumulative total accounting for the initial worldwide 19 gross. Wow. So it made like 10. And subsequent and releases thereafter. thereafter. It made 10 times the amount of money. Yeah. But that's over its entire, entire run and sure. re-releases, right. special editions, right. so on and so forth. Because I've seen Empire. Yeah. I, yeah right? The special edition. 
Yeah, I've only seen yeah. the special edition. Yeah, I was yeah, too yeah. young for the other one. Oh, yeah. I was never, I wasn't born then, actually. I wasn't born either. That's <laughs> the thing. I have that rare privilege of actually, not the remasters in, yes. in theaters, So they which have was $30 wild. million budget. Go back to Flash Gordon. We mentioned it before. It was 20 to 27. So they almost had the same like maximum budget well uk us it wasn't released pretty much anywhere else no i have a budget yeah and what i'm saying is is with 20 to 27 that's like 40 million today it's more than that roughly more than that more yeah i don't know i honestly don't even know about that kind of stuff i'm not i'm not like come on the star wars one said 30 million was 90 so if you could give it a one to ten what would you give it based on your because no one knows anything else about your movie taste or anything. This is the first time people are going to hear your taste and what you, how you consider how many, this. All right. How many eyebrows out of 10? Ooh, Honestly, eyebrows. One. I wasn't going to go eyebrows. I was going to go log scorpions. I would get to go. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. I was going to give it at least... Flash Gordon is weird. I would give it at least... Uh, it's so tricky, man. That soundtrack's great. And I could keep talking in circles. But I'll, I'll give it a solid... Um, I'll give Flash Gordon, honestly, a solid seven and a half to eight log scorpions out of ten that's that's a good i give it like a seven five like a seven and a half log scorpions and, it, and you're giving that based on it's fun it's not a perfect movie it is not a everything. fun it's movie fun. this is a popcorn drive-in flick this is a smoke a joint and watch flash gordon this is very much a like this is this is a fun film you're not getting alien you're not getting aliens you're not getting this deep seated like very cryptic science fiction it's not dune yeah and you have it's to not res- long it's not dry it's not heavy-handed no. it is literally chicks in bikinis fucking rock and roll dick rockets blasting into imperial palaces and just weird guitar solos and fucking hula hoops like and you it's have to respect bananas. the history because it's t- everything else ties into it no star yeah. wars didn't steal from this movie but it stole from its source material and that makes a whole lot of sense so Amanda, I don't know a whole lot about your movie tastes in general because you don't talk about it as much as Rich does. But just so I can get a starting clue, because I think you're bringing me the next movie, what would you give this movie out of 10 eyebrows? As a lighthearted rom-com about rom-com. a lady falling from the sky, instantly falls in love, you want to marry her, then this jerk football player who's thwarting all your plans and all you wanted to have a wedding, and he ends up... <laughs> spearing you <laughs> right when you're about to to seal the deal with the love of your life i'd probably give it yeah like you said like a maybe like an eight eight uh rocket scooters out of uh 10 ha- okay nice nice really i like it because like I, I love um sam jones he he like you said he's all american he is off the street super lovable but he's kind of one tone in a way in some points. But because of everything else, the sound design or not the um actually yeah, sound design's good because like I Queen mean, the doors went every time they opened and it <laughs> yeah. was just hot. It was hot. The it sound design, hot. the background the visuals, Queen. Uh, it it seemed like everyone else around sam jones made him look better yes that cast is phenomenal. he really carried carried him uh and with that i think it was a solid plot it it was pretty solid from start to finish you kind of you you never like a lot of movies from the 70s and 80s sometimes you get lost about like what the plot is or what is happening it was clear and concise the whole time. It knew what it was. Who fucks harder? The plot of Flash Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> is it Ming or is it Flash? So yeah, I give it a eight eight rockets out of uh, hot hails. Nice. I think to finalize it as just coming off of this. Yeah, and what do you think? A, What's your number? Having a respect for the past, hmm. right? And lo- absolutely adoring the art, the costume design. I completely agree with you. The weakest part of this movie was sam jones as flash gordon everyone else was a everything else was awesome yes it doesn't necessarily stand up to time do i think they were being serious and kind of came off weirdly campy yes but i enjoyed that so i think i'm going to give it like a what's weird is i want to agree with you on an eight but i think i'm going to go with a seven yeah you know what i mean it's hard because there's like there's almost better sci-fi movies out there but none that have this much fucking fun. Yes. I'm going to, it's a solid from seven from the fun and from a great 
art and i think they followed a lot of the a lot of times they find these older movies don't follow the movie rules this one actually follows the movie it had a beginning middle and an end that all made sense yes and a climax oh this the sexual tension the doors oh the fucking doors man every time so with that so with that I Level want one. to. Uh, I think you've proven here, Rich, that you know way too much about these, which is why it sounds like you might be talking to me more about these movies. I'd love to be. So, what I got to ask is, where can people find you if they want to hear about your stupid ass movie? Um, I am on the Twitters and Instagrams and all of the Bibbidi Bobs uh, over at Geek Movie House, which is actually a fitting name for me when we get real into the camp cult and occult for films and stuff like this. And, uh, yeah hit me up awesome well i think that's it for now welcome thank you for joining us for the first episode of raised by spoilers thank you so much more to come and uh i think we can just leave off with i am quarterback plebeian adam i am rich over at geek movie house i am another amanda at uh my day-to-day life sometimes are you uh, variant amanda i guess i'm <laughs> loki variant, variant amanda. Are you, are you variant i am amanda? variant amanda uh at uh nintendo underscore geek on instagram uh yeah we play D and we just go about our daily lives maybe we'll learn more about you but i think that's it tonight have a great night guys thank you thank you very much yeah.